Well, now we're going to turn to, uh, to Scripture. This morning, we're going to conclude our sermon series. We've been going through the last few months, the, the Tech Commandments. And this morning, we're going to hear one more, one more passage from the letter of the Apostle James. Take a listen. Listen for God's voice as our friend Christopher shares with us this morning's reading from the letter of the Apostle James. James 5, verse 13 and 16. Are any among you suffering? They should pray. Are, are any cheerful? They should sing songs of praise. Are any among you sick? They should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up, and anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for ye one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. The word of God for the people of God, thanks to be to God. So a few days ago, I celebrated a sort of a milestone. A few days ago, I celebrated a day that had been circled on my calendar for a very long time. I celebrated my 15,601st day on the planet Earth. Now that might seem like a strange thing to write on a calendar. That might seem like an unusual sort of a thing to celebrate. Until I tell you that 15,601 days is exactly the amount of time that my own father had in this world. 15,601 days was all my father had before he suddenly and unexpectedly passed away. And I've been looking forward to this day for, for a long time, the day when I would be exactly the same age my father was when he died. I knew it would be a, a difficult day. I knew that it would be a day filled with all sorts of complicated emotions. And I knew I didn't want to work on that day, so I shifted my day off so I could spend the day making memories with my kids and taking some time to remember my own father. I shared something on social media about that day and, and how I was spending it. And people were really kind and encouraging. People who had known my dad years ago sent me messages and shared with me their memories of, of his life and how he touched their lives. People who didn't know my dad sent me messages saying it seems like he was a really amazing person and I'd love to hear more about him. One, one court streeter sent a message saying, I sure do hope that we'll get to hear about your dad in a sermon sometime. And listen, you don't need to ask me twice. So let me tell you a little bit about my dad. Let me tell you a little bit about Daniel Peters. Now, my dad was a preacher's kid growing up, and so already you know that he had a challenging sort of a childhood. School especially was difficult for my dad. Now, he struggled in his early years of, of school, and he actually had to repeat the third grade. He never forgot the embarrassment that he felt at having to repeat the third grade. He never, never forgot the embarrassment that he felt at, at suddenly being in the same, the same class as his younger brother. And my dad came to believe that he suffered from some sort of an undiagnosed learning disorder, he came to believe that he had probably struggled with dyslexia in a, a time when people didn't really understand what dyslexia was. But he came to later on see being held back in the third grade, having to repeat the third grade is one of the best things that ever happened to him. Because repeating the third grade helped him to catch up academically and gave him a sort of confidence in his education that he had never had before. 
And my dad later went on to graduate from college and he became a teacher. And for most of the years that he was a teacher, he taught, I wonder if you can guess, he taught the third grade. Now that was where he wanted to be because he remembered how much he had struggled at that age and he wanted to be there for those kids who were struggling. He wanted to be there for those kids who were in danger of falling behind. And my dad had his own sense of style. He wore Birkenstock sandals all year round, even up in the UP where it got cold and there were feet and feet of snow on the ground. He always wore button-up shirts that were never buttoned up. He never wore a tie. He instead always wore suspenders. He had a whole closet filled with suspenders, suspenders of, of every color, suspenders for every sort of occasion. And he loved to wear hats. Sometimes he would come to school with a, a Santa hat on for absolutely no reason at all. And I remember once I asked him, why, why do you dress the way that you do? And he said, well, it's because I want my students to understand that it's okay to be different. I want my students to understand that they can be themselves without always having to worry about what other people are going to say, think or, or what other people are going to say. I remember all of these things about my dad. And I remember the night that he died. I remember sitting there in that quiet house with my mom and my sister after the paramedics left. And I'm sure that there were other people there. I'm sure that we had friends and neighbors who came to sit with us so we wouldn't have to be alone in that, that difficult moment. But I don't remember who those people were. What I do remember about that night is that at some point late that night, in the middle of the night, the phone rang. It was my pastor. Now, my pastor was out of town that week. He was down in Kentucky or Cincinnati or some other place that was miles and miles and states away. But somehow he had heard what had happened. And that night, in the middle of the night, he picked up his phone and he called us. And somebody handed me the phone and I talked to the pastor and the pastor talked to me and I don't really remember anything that he said, but I do remember that at some point in that conversation, he asked if he could pray with me and I said, okay. And so he started praying. And again, I don't remember what he said. I don't remember the words of his prayer, but I do remember that as he was praying, as his voice traveled through all of those miles of telephone cable, as his voice bounced off of a couple of satellites and connected him wherever he was to me up there in Michigan, I remember something, something happened. Suddenly it was as if all of those hundreds of miles melted away and he was present there in the room with me. And not only that, but as he was praying, I could feel God present there in the room with me. And that moment, as he prayed with me over the phone that night, that moment was the moment when I started my path, my journey to healing. Now today we're going to complete the sermon series we've been working through, the sermon series we've been calling The Tech Commandments. And for the last several weeks, we've been talking about all of these new technologies, cell phones, social media, the internet, the way that these new technologies are changing the world and, and changing our lives and maybe even changing us. Now, these last several weeks, we've had lots of sermons and lots of conversations about the dangers of these new technologies. And we talked about the ways in which these technologies tempt us to be argumentative and destructive. We've talked about the ways that these new technologies tempt us to lying and hypocrisy. 
We've had so many conversations, so many thou shalt not type sermons, but that's not how I want to end the series today. I don't want to conclude with one more sermon, one more conversation about the dangers of these technologies. I want to finish today on a a note of encouragement. I want to finish today by talking about the ways in which God can use, the ways in which God can work through these almost miraculous technologies. And today, today we're going to hear one more word, one more passage from the letter of the Apostle James. Over the last few weeks, we've, we've heard lots of passages from this letter that was written by James, the brother of Jesus, this leader in the early church. And we've discovered that this letter of James is filled with all sorts of practical, practical advice and wisdom that applies still to our lives today and, and the things that we do on social media and on the internet today. And today we're going to hear one more word, one more word of encouragement from the Apostle James. At the very end of his letter, the Apostle James, as he's writing to the followers of Jesus, he says this. He says, if anyone among you is suffering, then turn to God, turn your heart to God in prayer. And if anyone is joyful, then turn your heart to God in song. And if anyone among you is sick, sick in the body or sick in the soul, then let that person call upon the elders of the church and let the people of the church gather around that person. Let the people of the church pray for that person. Let the people of the church lay hands upon that person. Let the people of the church anoint that person with oil, olive oil for healing of the spirit, healing of the body. Let the church gather around that person and give the comfort that only, that only the presence of other believers can bring. I love this passage. I love this moment in the letter of James. I love that he ends his letter this way. Did you know that this is the first time in the entire letter of James, this is the first time that James actually uses the word that means church? It's almost as if after all of the advice and all of the warnings that James has given in his letter, it's almost as if after after so many chapters and pages of talking about how to walk in the way of Jesus, James decides to end his letter by saying, and if you do these things, if you walk in the way of Jesus, then this is what the church will look like. The church will look like a group of people gathered around someone who is suffering, someone who is broken in the body, broken in the soul, laying hands upon that person, giving what healing they can give, praying and singing around that person. This is a beautiful picture of the church. This is the picture of the church that I think of. Every time we say together the words of the Court Street Creed, every time we say together the words, I believe that we are called to carry one another. I believe that no one should have to walk through the darkness alone. This picture from the letter of James is the picture that I have in my head of what the church could be if we all walked in the way of Jesus. It is a beautiful thing when we are able to to gather around each other. It's a beautiful thing when we're able to, to give each other comfort in person, to lay hands upon shoulders, to whisper prayers into ears. It's a beautiful thing when we're able to gather with each other and use oil for anointing and to feel God's presence as we are so physically close to one another. But we of all people should know, we of all people should know that we don't need to be physically with one another in order to be present for one another. We of all people should know that the spiritual presence of God and the spiritual presence of God's people can be just as healing and just as comforting as the physical presence. 
Because here's the story at the heart of the Christian faith. God came into this world to be with us. God came into this world and took on human flesh in the person of Jesus. But then, in order that God might be even more with us, in order that God might be even closer to us, Jesus ascended to his Father. And then God sent the Holy Spirit. And now through the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is present with us, not just in one time and one moment in history, but Jesus is present with us in every place, at every moment in history, wherever we are around us, within us. Jesus is present with us by the power of God's Holy Spirit. His presence through God's Spirit gives us comfort, gives us healing, gives us strength, gives us hope, gives us peace. And by the power of God's Holy Spirit, we also can be present with one another. God is able to work through telephone lines and satellite signals and Wi-Fi signals just as powerfully as God is able to work through the laying on of hands and the anointing with olive oil. You know, this week as I was preparing a message, I kept thinking about two saints of the church. I kept thinking of two members of our Court Street Church family, our friends Margaret and Virginia. And Margaret and Virginia are two of the senior members of our Court Street Church family. They have this beautiful friendship that God helped to shape here in the pews of the Court Street United Methodist Church decades and decades ago. And that friendship continues to this day. That friendship continues and keeps on going strong, even though Margaret and Virginia have not seen each other face to face in months. And one of the reasons that friendship continues to be strong and one of the reasons that Margaret and Virginia continue to be as close as they ever have been is because long before the pandemic happened, Margaret and Virginia got into the habit of sharing a daily phone call, of calling each afternoon just to check up with each other and to check in on each other and to talk about what's happening in their lives. And that habit has continued in this time of pandemic. I know that if I call to check up on Margaret, if I call to check up on Virginia, there's a good chance I'm going to get a busy signal. And when I get that busy signal, I smile because I know that, that Margaret and Virginia are probably chatting away with each other. Now this week I decided to call up Margaret and Virginia and ask them if they would share a little bit about their friendship, if they would share a little bit about what that daily phone call has meant in their lives. I want you to take a moment and listen to what Margaret and Virginia have to say. Uh, at Circle, at a Circle meeting, UMW Circle meeting, we were in the same circle. And that's where we got well acquainted. It started at the church. Um, we met each other there. Then we were in a circle, you know, woman's circle and uh, became real good friends there. Uh, I can't tell you what year it would have been, but a long time ago. <laughs> we liked to, um, well, we liked going to church, and um, our families both liked to travel and camp. And so we talked about our trips, and then after we both uh, lost our husbands, uh, we did some trips together. I don't see her anymore, but we do talk on the phone a little bit. And uh, 
she's always been very special to me. Well, I call her, and she's always sitting in her room waiting for my call because she doesn't watch television anymore. She reads a little bit, and so she tells me what she's read, and she loves to go outside and get some fresh air. So she tells me if she's gone out and sat on the swing in the yard at the home and taken in some fresh air. That really makes her happy these days. Well, she calls me because I'm here in the nursing home now, but we always, she always talked to me at home, too, for the last few years we've tried to keep track of what each other was doing. And uh, all, we discussed stuff of the church. Plus, we talked about our families, talk about our kids a lot. And, uh, of course, they're, they're long <laughs> adults now. <laughs> but, but I knew her when they were little, and, and mine were little. Well, I, anybody that calls, but she especially calls and tells me what was going on Sunday at church. So I get to hear the, the the little the little remarks, you know, that people are making, and and some of the the little things that I wouldn't hear if somebody like that didn't tell me. Well, it keeps me in touch with a dear friend, and to hear her so happy when she hears it's me is nice. And she always thanks me for calling. So I know she's appreciating my efforts. We always had something to talk about. And uh, she's just been a special friend. (laughs) God is able to work through telephone lines and satellites and Wi-Fi signals just as powerfully as God can work through the laying on of hands and the anointing of oil. We don't have to be with each other in order to be present for one another. And this week I'm gonna leave you with a challenge as we conclude our Tech Commandments series. This afternoon I'm gonna ask you if you would do something. Would you take a moment, reach out to God in prayer and see if you can think of somebody who you haven't seen in a while. That should be easy because most of us haven't seen an awful lot of people in a long, long time. Think of someone you haven't seen in a while, maybe somebody who is in need of comfort, maybe someone you know who is going through a season of sickness, either in the body or in the spirit. And then when you've thought of that person, reach out. Make a telephone call, write an email, reach out through social media, find some way to reach out to that person and be present for that person. And discover that God can use cell phones, God can use the internet, God can use social media in order to bring peace and comfort and healing into a hurting and lonely world. Let's pray. God, we pray right now that you would place in our minds, place in our hearts the name, the face of someone who we haven't seen in weeks, someone whom we haven't seen in months. 
God, we pray that you would motivate us, that you would move us to pick up the phone, to reach out through the internet, to reach out in comfort and be present for that person. God, we pray that through our voice, we pray that through our words, we pray that through something that we offer of ourselves, that person would experience your presence. And that in some way, your presence would begin them on a path, a path to healing, a path to comfort, a path to wholeness and peace. All these things we pray in the name of Jesus who is with us. Amen.